What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends and fellow CrossFitters at Stono Creek Apothecary. If you're into your health, and especially if you're into your fitness, you've been hearing a lot about CBD lately. From inflammation and pain relief to improved sleep, lower anxiety, and faster recovery times, CBD is toted as the biggest wellness breakthrough of the last several years, and increasingly so. Nowadays, you can find CBD in literally everything, from gummies to lattes. You can buy it at the doctor's office, the local grocery, and even the corner gas station. But all this hype can leave people scratching their heads. Is CBD for real? And which brand can I trust? At Stono Creek, you can be sure that all the CBD products are made to the highest of standards from seed to shelf. This means everything is manufactured in their FDA-registered laboratory located near the Stono River on Johns Island, South Carolina. That's right, folks. It's a real place, and it's not your neighbor's kitchen. All the CBD is CO2 extracted from hemp grown in the U.S. of A. on sustainable, pesticide-free farms. Each finished batch is third-party tested for potency, purity, and stability. And all the products are fully labeled and disclose every single ingredient that goes into them. If you haven't tried Stono Creek yet, you can now get 20% off your first order when you use code UPBEFOREYOU on their website, scapothecary.com. That's S-C-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y.com, code UPBEFOREYOU. And please don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so that you can be the first to learn about the launch of the new topicals line, including recovery baths, body oils, solves, and more, which is set to launch this winter. I have personally been using their cooling pain cream now for over a year and I'm absolutely loving it. I put it on my legs, shoulders, or back after tough, grueling workouts and I have truly noticed a big difference in my recovery. So if you haven't already, go give Stono Creek a shot. And to all the listeners out there, that time of the year is again fast approaching. Christmas time, my favorite time of the year. And if you're looking for awesome gift ideas but don't know what to get, we got you covered. Instead of getting everyone gifts that they won't use, let them unwrap a pair of tickets to see their favorite concert, game, or theater show instead. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. Ticket Weirdo is the only ticket site that doesn't charge you service fees and donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out and give them a follow on Instagram at Ticket Weirdo. Just go to TicketWeirdo.com and enter promo code UBY. That's promo code UBY during checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited purchases and to keep it weird this season. Now, guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and post on social media and make sure to tag Up Before You. And lastly... Go follow Up Before You on Instagram and Facebook and go check out upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all of these episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. All right, my guest today is Terry Ron. <laughs> Terry is a former collegiate basketball player who got into CrossFit six years ago to stay competitive and feel that edge she had from playing collegiate basketball. Once she started CrossFit, she realized how it was much more than just a daily wad. So she continued to set her alarm for 4 a.m. every morning for the people who have become her friends in those wads that have become something she craves. Everyday people, life-changing stories. This is Up Before You. As always, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Now, let's get on with the show.
Terry, what's going on? Hey, Connor. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Good to have you here. Thanks for being here. Of course. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so, for asking. Yeah, for sure. So how's the open going for you? So far, so good. Um, I redid the first two um, and got better scores. We were just talking about this last one with the pistols. And uh, I was originally going to redo it, and I think I'm going to just stick with what I have. I yeah. got five pistols. I was pretty confident with that. Now, do you normally redo workouts or no? Yeah. Um, I think when we do them on Friday morning, like right after it's announced, you don't have a lot of think time to figure out strategies and that sort of thing. It's, you kind of go in blind, and so which I, which I like, um, which also gives me an opportunity to see where I am with what we're supposed to do, and then gives me more opportunity to figure out how to do it a little bit better. Yeah, it's nice doing it on Friday because then you have the whole weekend to rest up and potentially do it again on Monday. Right, right, which is when I have done them both. Is mm-hmm. Actually, did I did I do the second one again? What was the second one? Uh, that was like the, the tw- other 20-minute one, the toes, the bar, and the double unders, and oh, the dumbbell thrusters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually didn't do that one again. So it, ju- it was just the first one that I redid um, with the... No, that was the first one. The first uh, one that was, was the second one. The first one was the 10 rounds of the burpees and the uh, ground overhead. Okay. Yeah. See how confusing See, it gets? Yeah. <laughs> but I can't believe we've had two 20-minute workouts. I'm pretty shocked. Um, and even that other shorter one, it left the door open for more athletes to get farther into it than than previous. Sometimes in the past, but. I felt like these these shorter workouts it only allowed like your typical athlete to get the first round and then it was something like a ring muscle up or something where that really differentiates between your typical athlete and the elite athletes Mm -hmm. yeah and so this this format of the open or how they've done it so far leaves the door open for potentially like a third kind of separator workout because we haven't done muscle ups yet mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't or i mean can't do a lot of them right right so like if they're in it again then that's three in a row where it's like some people you only get so far right yeah and it's you know i mean i imagine for those kind of athletes that can do those they're they look forward to those because that does then give them a better idea of where they are at they're at as far as their other mm-hmm. competitors um, but for like me, who can't do a muscle up, it uh, you know it's kind of like oh come on, give me something you yeah. know like I want I want to be involved and compete and still um, you know be able to do at least part of the workout. But it also gives the athlete the opportunity to get there first. True, very so, true. Right. But still, it's yeah. There's a, they have to ride a fine line. There is a fine line. There's a fine line and. Like yeah. three in a row would be tough because handstand walking is a high skill movement. This one, it wasn't necessarily, I think people thought it was the pistols, but I think it was the weight. Yeah. Because a lot of people are getting the pistols or some of them. Right. Yeah. And then this one's weight and then you throw muscle ups in, that's a third in a row. Yeah. It would be very, very challenging. Um, and the weight itself, I really wish that I would have been able to get into that second round with the weights to see, because that weight at 145. Um, it would have been tough, but it would have been good to get. And that's kind of in the back of my mind still about the redo. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but those pistols, I just can't. I've all, I've never been great at squatting. Like mm-hmm. squatting is like my most unstable movement. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of that in the mm-hmm. uh, pistol. So. Yeah, we'll see. They haven't. There's a lot of things we haven't done. So like week five could be pretty, pretty nasty. It could be interesting. We got wall balls, rowing, muscle ups. Mm-hmm. And we kind of repeated already like clean and jerk because the first week was kind of picked. So. Right. Right. Interesting open. Yeah. It, yeah, I know there's been a lot of controversy about this, that, and the other thing. and um, Yeah, people are always going to complain. Yeah, yeah. It's never going to be right for everyone, so no. why even try? Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't follow too much of all the, I guess, news about, about the CrossFit Open and all this. I just kind of take it as, hey, good, another workout, and we'll see what we can do with it. Yeah, it's I definitely know. fun. Oh, yeah. I think people lose sight of that. I think they kind of get a little too competitive or a little too caught up in the sure. scores. Yeah. And I really like what our gym is doing now with the with the competition within the within the crew. I yeah, really, it's fun. Yeah, that's really brought a whole different dimension. And I think it's brought a whole lot of more people into the open um, mm-hmm. at our gym itself. Um, it's just been fun. Yeah, because we were talking the other day, the way we're doing it, it's not really about like how you perform. That's such a small part. It's all the points you can get outside of mm-hmm. the yeah which matter more I right think, right and people are really stepping up and stepping up going really all putting out. themselves out there and it's yeah. fun it's and fun. it's cool because i think it's gotten better as the week's gone on yeah like, i think it was a little like at first it was a little people weren't as into it but yeah or unsure you know unsure, something yeah. new just didn't know what to do and how to do it and yeah they've certainly picked up some mm. steam <laughs> yeah so all right so changing gears here can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up um, okay, so I am one of four kids. Uh, we grew up in Chabance, Illinois, so Where's really f- small farming town. So um, down U of I, you ever make that trip down 57 to U of I? Yeah, so when I would go to school, I would always go right through there. Yeah. Down 57 all the way. Yeah, so right past Kankakee. Okay. Is a tiny town called Chabance. Is there are there any exits there? There is. Okay. There is, um, like no McDonald's, no stoplights. <laughs> you got yeah. a couple bars. You got a couple churches. Pretty standard for a small town. Mm-hmm. The ratio of bars to churches has to be just right yeah. in order for it to be considered a small town. Um, but yeah, grew up there. My uh, my dad, um, my dad grew up there. In fact, my parents live in the house that my grandfather was born in farming you know farming family um but my dad didn't want to get into farming and so my grandfather just sold off everything and kept the kept the land with the outbuildings and um so yeah a twin sister uh, an older sister older brother went to a lutheran grade school k through eight um small very small like eight maybe six to eight kids graduated with me high school was the same there's probably 80 kids made up of like four surrounding towns mm-hmm. um but just very very humble very uh-huh. um simple yeah um a lot of a lot of activities through the church um but typical kind of just go outside and make do with your friends and Mm -hmm. come back in and do it again press repeat so now what happens in the farming family when someone decides they don't want to farm you know what i'm not exactly sure how that conversation went down i I can't imagine it went down too well yeah too easy and he my dad is the only the only son Mm -hmm. um 
so yeah once it was it's once like a that was yeah, yeah yeah so i i'll have to ask my dad how that went down but uh-huh. um yeah i don't i don't think he regrets his decision no <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard it's a hard life yeah it's a hard hard life on everyone mm-hmm. um but you know i think with anything that you do i think uh you just kind of get through it and you make the best of it and you just keep working hard and the next day will <laughs> choose more opportunities and so. so were you into a lot of sports growing up or what yeah. were you into yeah sports? so um typical three sport um all through all through middle school well it wasn't middle school it was grade school but um and then into high school i was basketball track and um volleyball so okay. in in the order it would be volleyball basketball and then track um track i ran some but my my focus was on shot put okay um so i made it down to state i think once or twice um i think i got third in in state and shot put um but basketball is like my my true passion Really? As far as sports is What position did you play? I was like a forward, you know, like a post player, small forward-ish, down low. Um, So compare yourself to somebody in the NBA. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Shaq. (laughs) Shaq, yeah. (laughs) Ish. Um, Minus about a foot. No, um, probably maybe like a Horace Grant. Okay. From a from yeah, a okay. from a ways back, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, just that ability to go. I didn't have a super good long range shot, but um, I was basically a post player. Okay. That um, you know, that was where I that that little ring around the around the mm-hmm. hoop is where I would score yeah. most of most of my points. Now, yeah. do you do you keep up with women's basketball at all? Not a ton. Um, I I don't really keep up with much of any um sports oh really cubs i would say the bears eh, yeah eh. <laughs> sometimes yeah um cubs would be probably the one that i do keep up with the most but nba wnba any other sport i don't really no. keep up with no no huh. i just don't have the time yeah <laughs> so did you end up going to play basketball in college mm-hmm. where did you go north central college okay it's in division three in yeah. naperville mm-hmm. um yeah, and the the ironic that was like my, as I was in high school, I knew that, I knew that I didn't want to stay, you know, go to the community college, stay in that area. I just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me, hmm. and um, so basketball I knew was going to be the one thing that I could do in college. I wasn't a great um, student; I was kind of average. Um, so I really focused on basketball and, you know, I practice all the time and all that stuff. And so, you know, people started coming to see just at the division three level. And so gone, you know, my mom and I went out to a couple colleges visits and stuff. And we went up to Naperville and, um, you know, my mom was like, oh my gosh, I love this campus and la 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 and met with a coach. And it was just a really good fit, um, but at hindsight, I think that the reason I chose that school was because my mom was like, I really like this campus. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, in hindsight, I'm like, really? That's why you chose yeah. <laughs> the rest of the four years of your college career because your mom liked the campus. But um, but yeah, and 
perfect fit. Uh-huh. Perfect fit. You know, like I said, I went to high school with like 80, 80 graduating. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want a huge school. I wasn't ready to be in that vast of an environment. And so I think North Central, there was maybe 1,500, 2,000 students. So, yeah, being from small town Illinois, and you mentioned like the community college route, is it almost like kind of like a trap? Like if, if you don't get out, do people just stay forever? I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that might be true with really any community. Yeah. Um, if you don't lend yourself to more experiences, then, uh-huh. yeah, I think you do kind of just resort to what you know, um, which is, you know, depending on how you look at it, good or bad. But um, I guess what you do with it. Um, but I knew that not that there was anything wrong with the small town. I love going back. Uh-huh. It is so peaceful. But I just knew that there was more. You know, there was more that I needed out of life. And so, but, you know, even living in Cary, and my wife went to Cary. She grew up in Cary, uh-huh. um, you know, still is in Cary. And it's that, it's that same philosophy with that too uh-huh. there's a bunch of people that were born there stayed there and then there's your people facet of people that went to college and moved away or yeah i guess it's kind of the same thing everywhere mm-hmm. you yeah i'm sure you could say the same about you know some of your yeah. high school mates from uh-huh. from here and yeah for sure mm-hmm. you know where the big place to go is is colorado People love moving to Colorado. People do love Colorado. And I was just there over the summer, and I can see why. It's really it nice. It is so nice. It is really nice. And, you know, it's – you always – we went on a, on a really big trip this summer out west to Colorado and Grand Tetons and that sort of thing. And just the, the scenery and the just the awe-inspiring, like, natural – resources that are out there and then you come back and you're like huh (laughs) you're like flat yeah flat Flat. and so I I was thinking so I wonder if people who are surrounded by mountains come like to the midwest where there's none Mm -hmm. and are like awe inspired by just the ability to see past Mm -hmm. the the next mile or two miles I wonder if they think wow you can really see a long time my yeah. guess is no yeah i would, I would say so no probably guess, probably right. <laughs> so you guys travel a lot and do a lot of camping have you ever done the trip where you kind of go like through the dakotas and like that region of the country when we came back from our trip out west we hit like colorado um there we hit the tetons montana and then on the way back yeah we went through the badlands and uh, mount rushmore yeah, that's a trip I really want to do. I was actually talking to somebody about it last week, like mm-hmm. how like just cool it is out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's almost like, you know, Mars just got dropped yeah. in the middle of where you know uh-huh. small town, and and that's the same thing out there too. Is that it's just these little bits of um, people in different areas, and then you're like, bam! There's this crazy looking landforms that are just in i mean it's like inspiring to go out there and see all those different but the badlands was was actually really cool we had planned to take a helicopter ride oh really over them and that morning it was actually um sprinkling like spitting a little bit and um and then on the way there our truck broke down oh jeez. 
And so we're like, I don't know that today would be a good day to get into the helicopter. Like the rain, the truck breaking down. We didn't want that third thing to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we chose to drive through it and it was still spectacular. Uh-huh. Now, you guys go camping a lot. Have you always been into camping? You look like you're ready to go camping right I now. I know. I know. It's like the vest season. <laughs> the vest and the flannel shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Um, no, we probably started getting into camping probably five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, have some family that have always camped, never really went with them. Um, but we bought a camper like five years ago and have gone ever since. We did go like a, like a yearly trip, um, out to Spring Green, Wisconsin and like tent camped with, you know, a whole crew of people and, um, you know, as as everybody gets older and kids start coming into the picture, the the vibe changed a little bit, and uh, and so we're like, we need something different. We're not gonna tent camp for the rest of our lives. So <laughs> that's why we chose the uh, the camper route. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. It's been really really fun. And you know, I think the best thing about it is just being able to get out and meet meet people. We always say, mean people don't camp. Like, yeah. No matter where you go, no matter what camps campground you're in, like people are just super nice. And, you know, they're out talking with each other. We're not locked inside watching TV or on yeah. this device or on that device. So it's good for the kids, gets them out and meeting other people and just yeah. going. I mean, mean people usually are the most patient people, so they probably don't have the patience to go right. camping. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> there are a lot of nuances <laughs> to maintaining a su- su- successful, that's easy to say, um, <laughs> camping trip. Yeah, for sure. All the behind the scenes stuff is. Now, you're a teacher. When did you decide that you want to be a teacher? Ever since I could remember thinking about. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so. So you're really living the childhood dream. Yeah, I am. Not many people can say that. No, no. And it's really cool. And, you know, my journey was a little different. Um, Like I said, I always wanted to be a teacher. Went into college wanting to be a teacher. And then I took, like, abstract algebra or something because I wanted to teach math. What's that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. It's math without, like, literally no numbers. So what do you use, letters? Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, variables like all variables. All variables. How do you solve and... for all variables? Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so <laughs> it's more. Yeah. This right. This is where my predicament was. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, this is. And my other predicament was, I'm not going to need to know this material to teach the age group that I want to teach. You know, like I felt like it was a little more than what I needed to know. So, shifted gears. And was like, huh, you know what? Maybe I'll be a cop. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so criminal justice focus. And then my senior year, I think, I was like, I don't want to be a cop. It's <laughs> nope. not what I want to do. No. And it ended up that I needed like one or two classes, math classes, to get my math major, which would have made it much easier for me to get back into teaching after I graduated, but I was, I was just done. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in school anymore. I just wanted to get out. Yeah. And so 10 years later, I wanted to really get into teaching. And so I went the whole master's program, um, 
quit my nine to five and I was actually working up here at the Starbucks on uh, 14. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shift manager really? material right here. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. What was that? That was uh, 2000, 2007. I think 2007 to 10 is when I was over there. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, went was doing that, went to school, um, got my master's, and that's what got me back into teaching. So this is my eighth year teaching. Wow. Yeah. In Cary, right? No, I'm in Crystal Lake right Crystal now. Lake? Okay. Um, this is only my second year there. I was out in Waukegan for the first six years. Okay. So you also, you coach, right? Mm-hmm. Boys basketball or girls basketball? Currently, boys basketball. I've coached boys and girls in the past. Uh, yeah. Is that in, do you coach middle school or do you coach mm-hmm. high school? Yeah, middle school. Do you ever want to get into high school? Or do um, you like the middle school better? I like the middle school. Yeah. I would need to take a bunch more classes to be qualified to teach in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh. But could you coach high school? Yeah. Yeah. Would you want to coach high school and teach middle school? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just a, like that age group of kids, though, like the middle school kids? Yeah, yeah, they're they're um, they're unique, and you know what? They got a lot going on with all their hormones and emotions, and trying to figure out who they are, and it's just a they're just a neat a neat group of people, and every day is so different. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, I'm uh, trying to. I'm thinking back to when I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the focus a lot now is on like all the social emotional learning and and all this stuff and so just seeing all these different kids interact with each other and on different levels and it's uh it's it's really neat to see when when they're crossing their their click lines if you will and Mm -hmm. talking with other groups of people Uh and i'm sure it's it's probably getting harder to teach and like manage kids in middle school because when i was in middle school we were just getting into like Facebook was just getting big and mm-hmm. like social media was just getting big and now it's like everyone has it. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much that goes on on social media. Like it's not like traditional bullying anymore. Like you see it. Mm-hmm. It's like more online. So I think it's just, I feel like it's just getting way harder and kids are just getting. Oh yeah. And that's that's why there is such a focus on the social emotional element because you can, like before, you know, in our when we were growing up, you could you could be mean to someone or you could, um, you know, say bad things to someone to their face or to your friend. You know, and those were the, those are the only two options. You couldn't, like, get on on the line <laughs> and be, be mean to each other. You know, and I think that element really changes just the social dynamics of how we interact with people. Because there's no accountability. Uh-huh. Like you really. can do it with people not even knowing it's you. Yeah. Now. Right. Right. And so I think that's why there's a big focus on social emotional, you know, just having a solid understanding of how to treat people, how to manage your own feelings and how to like yourself, uh-huh. really. But um, at the end of the day, the reality is that you just got to be nice to people, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of focus um, when I talk to other teachers and stuff like that. It's about building building relationships and building relationships and building relationships. And I'm telling you, if you're a teacher and you don't take that effort to build a relationship with Johnny, you really aren't going to be able to teach him, reach him, 
at the level that he needs because we are such a such a society that needs each other and that without that element there's almost a lack of trust uh-huh yeah and now it's like not 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 that it's nice to be mean or it's, not that it's good to be mean to people but it t- it takes a lot of courage to say something to some somebody's face even if it's bad now there's like yeah. nothing it's just it's not hard to go type something on the right. internet when you don't have to look at the person exactly right right so it's a whole another dynamic yeah and a whole another thing right and in the, and that's an emotional element you know when i when i'm mad at at someone or was or whatever and and i would have to you know say something directly to them yeah that takes a whole nother level of even just that relationship like understanding that even though you're mad at someone you can still interact face to face with them and now that's there's no we really don't have a way to resolve conflict um outside of typing something from a from a distance yeah so as a teacher where does your kind of i guess jurisdiction lie like when people are getting bullied outside of school is there anything you can really do about it online as far as just a teacher perspective i mean just if we if we hear about it uh, you can just bring it to the attention of those people that can then have those conversations uh-huh. um the clinicians and the administration and stuff like that but um from from our standpoint that's pretty much uh-huh. that's pretty much what we do yeah like can the school really do anything about it if it's happening outside of school if it's affecting the relationships inside the school, yeah, I think we have okay. some jurisdiction to, you know, and then if it gets to a level where um, it's really bad, then they just involve the authorities, really. Um, yeah, it's crazy because there's that whole other aspect of, like, who has the authority yeah, to do what. And, right, right. Yeah. And it's all still so new. It's crazy. It's very new. It's, it's, and and it's, it's changing every day. And it's like you got to learn on the fly. You know, there's not like you have a template to say, okay, if this happens, then then do this, or if this ha- because it, it's changing and it's evolving as we're trying to problem solve, which makes it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the apps people are using are different. They, mm-hmm. They're always changing. Mm-hmm. Like there's new apps now that I have no idea what they are. That right. People are using. Oh yeah. Right. Where you can post like anonymous stuff. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. I yeah I'm. Right. I can't even imagine how blind I am to <laughs> all the things that are out yeah. there that our kids know, you know, like uh, they just know what it's about. And then, but, you know, I think that in any generation, there's always that, there's always that piece of a parent not understanding and not, not knowing or an adult not understanding and not knowing. Um, it's just trying to navigate, navigate it in the right way. And so this, for this generation, it's the technology piece. Yeah. So when you were in college, your major changed, but you played basketball all four years, right? Yeah. That stayed constant. Yeah. So when you got out of school, what did you do to kind of feed that competitive edge that you lost after not playing basketball? Um, I joined a women's league basketball. Okay. Um, in the city. and In like the city of Chicago? The city of Chicago. How was that? It was good. It was. I mean, it was like uh-huh. a. I. Th- I feel like a lot of the uh, women athletes that were there were kind of there for the same reasons that I was there, um, and you know, it got to be a really big league. In fact, I ran it for like five years or something. There was probably twenty teams in it. You know, college level gals that came out of college, D one, D two, that were playing in the league, and so it was a really competitive league. Um, 
played like every every Sunday, a couple games a day. But that was that was the main thing that I did. And then I started running. Okay. When I was everybody in, starts running. Yeah, it's like the go to right? thing. What is that? I don't what know. is that? I started I started running when I was in college, a couple miles. But then after college I was like really running more. Um and but that was it. I would just run. And I think in It sounds like uh what's his name? Forrest Gump. Yeah. I just started running mm-hmm. or whatever he said. Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> um two thousand five. I I was I'm a previous smoker. Oh really? Yeah. For and a long time or Yeah. Uh you know, probably I don't know, ten, fifteen years. So like was that in school and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um and so two thousand five I was like I I'm I gotta quit. And so I just picked a day on the calendar and, you know, smoked like, I don't even know, a whole pack that <laughs> night. One, right? I mean, it's, yeah, ridiculous <laughs> at this point. But that next day it was done. It's 2005. And then I was like, I really now need to focus on something that would occupy my uh-huh. my time. Like a new addiction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I started to train for a marathon. Okay. Um, Chicago or that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was Chicago. Um, I did Chicago twice, and then I ran my very first marathon up in uh, up in uh, uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. It <laughs> well, was I... so bad. It's like, why would you pick a hilly, hilly, hilly area? Yeah. To do your first, but irregardless. It was like through the woods and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chafing my inner thighs was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think terrible. I'd have to go there, but was it in the summer? Uh it was like spring, like early okay. spring. So it was chilly. It was yeah, hit or miss up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then I focused on you know marathoning, running, higher quantity mileage. But then that too, I was like, I'm kind of getting burned out. Yeah. Um, Same old thing. Yeah. And I enjoy running, and there's like a there's a element of peacefulness with it. I never ran with music or anything like that. Uh-huh. I just always like to hear my own breath and my own, you know, feet hitting the ground, pavement, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but then one of the kids I was working with at Starbucks, he started CrossFit in in Barrington, and uh, I was intrigued by it, and so went and checked it out one five o'clock morning and. The rest is history, I guess. When was that? I don't It's got to be like six years ago. So a while. You've been there for a while. I have been there for a while. Yeah. So what was it like the first time you walked in there? What did you think about CrossFit at that time? Did you go in with any knowledge no, of what it is? No, I, ha- I really didn't go. You know, I one of um, a, a family member of ours talked about doing it, um, but I didn't, you know, research anything or I just kind of went in blind. And that particular day, I think it was like stone to shoulder or something like that. Okay. And I was like, well, this is interesting. I've never picked up a cement ball before, so this will be fun. And, um, you know, just that variety and just the the people, the people there um, just kept me coming back to see what the next day would be like and the next day would be like. And it's just kind of evolved, evolved from there. 
Yeah. Okay. So the kind of what after that first day, what kept you coming back for more? I I uh, think to see what was going to be different, <laughs> like what we're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. Today we did stones. What right. Are we do tomorrow? Yeah. Exactly. What kind of things are we going to be lifting up tomorrow? Uh-huh. Sledgehammers and tires and stuff like that. But um, that was that was basically it. Um, uh-huh. because at that point I don't think there was Wad Hopper. Uh-huh. Uh, that I had access to at least. And um, so you really went in blind, not even knowing. Uh-huh. And which was a, I liked that element. I um, I liked being nervous walking in and then, you know, nervous to walk around the corner and look at the board uh-huh. and then be like, darn it. And then you're stuck. Like, <laughs> it's not like you're going to walk out at that point. Yeah, I could, but that would not be, not be good. Who was coaching at the time? Brian. What was it like with him there? He was he was a really good coach. He um focused a lot on doing things the right way. Yeah. And which they all do. Um but he was um broke things down very like an on an elementary level where this is you got to do it this way because of this and this way because of this. So I felt like I learned a lot about just how how to do the movements right instead of just doing the movements. So that's that's really what I have focused on is um, you know really trying to maintain that form um, over reps. Yeah, he was a pretty intense guy. Yeah. How did you respond to the intensity? I mean, it was never like he was yelling <laughs> in my face or anything like uh-huh. that. Um, I'm not sure how I would have reacted if that was the case. Probably not good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the what best. the yeah. hell? <laughs> like, or this is the five o'clock class and I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think he had a lot of the encouraging elements of a good coach and, um, you know, just that wanting his athletes to do better than they did yesterday. And, you know, he was a people person. He was able to communicate with everyone. And so I think those qualities make any coach. Uh, for sure. So when you so you've been in there six years, that's a long time. What have you noticed about the workouts of the workouts, like just the like the simplicity of the workouts or the types of workouts? Have you noticed like how they've changed over the years? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Connor, I really don't pay too much attention yeah. to it. No, I don't. Um, I just like that they're different. And I every like, day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've noticed that we haven't done stones in a long time. <laughs> I've noticed that but they're still sitting there. Yeah, they're still there. <laughs> they're they're waiting. still under the, yeah. under the bench. Um, I just. I just enjoy the the difference of every day, and um, I don't really care what we do, as long as it's not going to be the same thing day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, like most other um, things are. Yeah, like the once running. Get, yeah, once you get older, you know, you're kind of limited uh-huh. um, to what your outlets can be. Uh-huh. Um you know, I after this basketball thing, I think I stopped playing basketball when I was 35, 36, something like that. But then I tried to get into a league. Um, and it's like once that competitive nature of the of the of the game is gone, I don't I'm not I don't enjoy it. Uh-huh. So if I'm going to go play basketball, I want to 
I want to compete with other people that are wanting to compete. I don't just want to go out and throw the ball around and shoot it maybe once or twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like once we get older, we kind of lose that, lose that edge a little bit, unfortunately. But so that I couldn't find another league, women's league, that had that intensity where, you know, you s- were still playing to a, lev- a high level, at least at whatever age you were at. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's what I like about CrossFit is that it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at as long as everyone is giving it their all and they're competing at that high level, which I would say everyone is uh-huh. um, at CrossFit. And that's what I enjoy about it is uh-huh. that everyone is like pushing themselves and not kind of just going through the motions. Uh-huh. Now, do you bring that same competitive attitude to CrossFit that you did to basketball? Oh, yeah. Like in a different way or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. Like not so much competitive against all the other people, but. Competitive. competitive internally competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's shifted. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just competing against myself. Um, you know, it, it is fun um, at, you know, at, at the gym now, 5 a.m. You know, your mom and I are kind of very, uh, very similarly strength. Yeah. And so uh-huh. we are always kind of playing a cat and mouse with each other. Um which is fun, which is, you know, ups, ups our game to a different level. Um, but nine times out of ten, you're competing against yourself and just trying to do better, which is why, you know, I'm still thinking about redoing this last, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like you always want to try to get better. And I think that's what makes anyone competitive is that you just want to be better. And yeah. compete with other people who are doing the same thing. It's not really fun to compete against people that either are at a really, really lower level than you are, even though you might win. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's no competitive edge in that, um, and so that's what that's what this CrossFit is given. At least me is just that daily need to be better. Yeah, and I think CrossFit creates the positive environment where, like a competitive environment, but more of a competitive environment, like we said, like internally. Yeah. Like it creates that whole environment of you just want to be better just because of the people you're around. Right. You want to up your game because of the person next to you. Maybe not because they're on your level, but because you see them going as hard as they can and it makes you want to go exactly. as hard as you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, and and the fact that, I think it would be different if everybody walked into CrossFit kind of like you would walk into, you know, like an organized um, health club individually and do your thing, even though you're competing against yourself and then walk out. Like, I think without that element of that community, um, I think we would all be at a lower level than we are now. Yeah. Anybody can go into a health club individually, do what you do. Maybe you worked hard. Maybe you didn't you're judging yourself yeah <laughs> and then you walk out but i think walking into crossfit and immediately being hit with all these familiar faces and all these conversations and all these positive things that are happening in in that particular community ups your game even more and ups your want to do better even more yeah for sure so you bring a lot of positivity to the gym for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So why, like after every workout you go around and you give people a high five and say mm-hmm. good job, where does that come from? I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, 
Um, we all need each other. And I don't know what's going to happen when, you know, so-and-so leaves the gym, whether they're going to be hit with a good day or a bad day. And so I just try to help them out. Um, right. I've always been, like even in school, first day I started teaching, shaking everyone's hand when they came in the door. All the kids' hands, you know, when they came in the door. And I uh -huh. just think there's that, you know, we as a society need to understand that we are working together. And so I just, I feel like that connection is huge. And I just want to bring some energy to somebody else. Now, where does that attitude come from? Is there like a person that influenced that at all? Like yeah, a parent or a friend or something, somebody like that? No, I don't know. I don't, I... I can't pinpoint like uh -huh. any specific um, thing that happened or any specific person that, you know, started that. I just, you know, I just remember when I was going through this master's program and we were talking about, you know, what our, what our classroom would look like and this and that. And I just, I just immediately went to, I'm going to greet my students. It's like, I feel like that was such a huge um, opening statement for for myself to get to know the kids quicker and I think it's good for the kids and anybody really that you know you have that positive thing and that connection so so now when when my kids come to the door they're automatically you know like hand, putting their hand out and making eye contact and using their manners huh. And even it was really cool. My first um, basketball tryout, because I have some of the boys that are on the team are in uh, uh, in my class, and so I didn't say anything to any of the kids about, you know, how how to end the practice or anything like that. And we, you know, kind of got in a circle and said, "Whatever, go Vikings!" And then every single one of those boys reached their hand out and gave me a handshake. Huh. I was like holy yes this is amazing yeah. just i don't know it's just uh i just really like to interact with people and you know put a spark in their in their life in whatever way i can now when you first started doing that at the gym was that hard to do yeah like going up to random people so yeah. you didn't know and yeah. be like hey good job yeah and i and i'm sure it's you know equally as hard to um have someone come up to you that you don't know and you know that that there's an element of uncertainty on both in both parties when someone comes up to you and also when you you know put yourself out there but you quickly get over that when you realize the benefits of it and um you know how quickly relationships do build from just a simple a simple act like that uh -huh. so yeah so you brought up an interesting point earlier i'm a big fan i think the 5 a.m class is the best class and I love the morning. Mm -hmm. The morning's like my favorite time mm -hmm. of day because I think you kind of win or lose the day mm -hmm. at that first sound of the alarm. Oh, and there's so what, <laughs> what do you think about kind of the benefits of just getting up and moving right away and early to start the day? Yeah, what I've if, yeah, I also am a am a huge advocate of just getting out and doing whatever. There's just a sense of fulfillment, uh -huh. like hey, I got up at this time today and I got going. Yeah. Versus like I hit snooze ten times. Right. And, now I'm all groggy and right. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and say I've never hit snooze before because yeah. I have. <laughs> we all have, right? For sure. But um, no matter what time of day you get up, it's hard. Mm -hmm. 
whether you're a night person and you, you know, have to set an alarm to get up early or whether you still get that eight hours of sleep, getting up is always hard. Yeah. And early is different for everyone. Like some people yeah. it's seven, some people it's four. Right. You know, it's all right. different. So I guess my mentality is that no matter what time I get up, it's going to be hard. And I would rather follow that hard up with something that's going to make me feel good for the rest of the day than follow that hard up with, oh, I have to do this and get up and do that. And just, it's totally a mind game. For sure. And I've historically gotten up and worked out and, uh, I, yeah, it just puts a it, it just puts like a pep in your step yeah. for the day, and it gives you a clearer um, a clearer mentality about how to approach certain situations. Um, it just makes me, for me, it just makes me more applicable to be able to handle difficult situations. And it kind of gives, for me at least, it gives me a sense of kind of pride throughout the day. Like, hey, I got up at. Four, mm-hmm. and I'm still going mm-hmm. and I feel great right and it just kind of it's kind of gives me competitive edge against myself right so what were your other options for the name of this podcast besides <laughs> up before you honestly you have other th- I don't remember but I think that was it that was yeah. one of like the early ones when we were thinking yeah. about it I mean it totally and it kind of just clicked yeah like, this is it there's nothing we don't need right. anything else it 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 hits the the nail on the head I mean it is yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and it always reminds me of like a military philosophy where they get up super early and I've done more, you know, before 8 a.m. than you've done all day kind of uh-huh. kind of thing, which yeah. is true in a lot of cases, unfortunately. Are you familiar with Jocko? No. Oh, he's a big military guy. He He's a big advocate for like getting up at 4.30 and working out and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, not that he, he was definitely a big influence on a lot of the things Yeah. for me. Yeah. Including the name and stuff. What, so. uh, what affiliate is he with? Oh, he's not, he's not an affiliate. He's like an ex-Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's a big, yeah. he's a big advocate in like getting up and kind of winning the morning, mm-hmm. winning or losing on that first sign of the alarm. Yeah. He's like it's gonna it's gonna feel like you're gonna get in hit in the head with a baseball right. bat at four right. four thirty in the morning, but yep. you'll regret totally it if does. you don't. Exactly, so. and you do. You know, like on the days that you know my alarm doesn't go off or I hit snooze too many times or I have to do schoolwork or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, those days are different. Yeah, those days are different, and um, you know you can you can kind of mentally talk yourself into the fact that you're going to work out later in the day and it'll yeah. all make it worth it. Yeah. It's just different though. And that's, that's kind of what he says too, is like, do it now because no one, like it's peaceful. No one's asking you to do things at right. three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You're going to have 10 different exactly. people unexpectedly asking you to be in 10 different places. Exactly. And it, and it works out now too with my schedule. Cause I did have to work out, like at 4.30 or 5.30 at night yeah. just because of our schedules. And that's the case. I mean, <laughs> you know, Jaden wouldn't want to do this. And so I'd be like, okay. So, but there's, <laughs> yeah. that, there's that element of an extra almost like fight or, you know, draw that keeps you away from doing it in the afternoon. There's so many different things that could happen throughout the day that prevent you from getting it in, in, in the evening. Yeah, for me, yeah. For sure. But I know also people are afternoon workout people. Yeah. And I would like to pick their brain about <laughs> yeah. why they are afternoon <laughs> I would workout yeah. people. Um, because it, yeah. I mean, 
obviously they have a drive um, to be able to continue to do that same routine day in and day out. I'm just interested to see how that works in their brain. Yeah. And what's definitely been a learning experience for me is realizing that some days you have to sleep in a little bit mm-hmm. um, because you have to let your body recover. Right. I used to be so caught up in like every day has to be before this time. Like it has to no matter what. Yeah. And you kind of get burnt out doing oh, that. And quickly. eventually you realize it's okay to sleep in mm-hmm. like 630 is fine to wake up. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's that, not the end of the world and you in need it. 630, right? Yeah. That's sleeping you need in. It, yeah. so. You do. You do. And, and there is that there is that element of recognizing what your body needs although it's very difficult to mentally wrap your brain around it yeah it's it does you know i mean you do you do need rest days you do need to relax sometimes you do need to have that donut you you know (laughs) you do um to keep yourself sane right yeah for sure (laughs) my uh co-workers always make fun of me they always when whenever they see my lunch they're like oh you've got the winter mix today because i I always have like a protein, whatever it is, like a turkey or beef or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, I just, because it's easy, I just pour a bag of like frozen whatever vegetables yeah. on top of that. And so they always are making fun of me. Oh my God, what are you eating today? Yeah. Like I can make you something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely deal with the same things <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's funny though. But yeah, it makes me laugh. Yeah, it is funny because people just like, I guess we're so cut. We're in this crosshead bubble of people kind of eating better. Mm-hmm. And you step outside and you drive past McDonald's at lunchtime and it's still packed, backed up yeah. to 14. Yeah. Or like, yeah. And you're like, or like, I see people smoking and I'm like, Aren't we past this? Mm-hmm. Like, do people still do this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, they like, do. It's crazy. As far as food, though, is concerned, I always, like, how I rationalize it now is that I am not eating to satisfy the taste buds on my tongue. Yeah. I'm eating to satisfy the rest of my uh-huh. person. Yeah. Where I think that that's what we get caught up in is does it taste good? Does it taste good? Does it taste good? And all the stuff that's terrible tastes good. But, if you shift that mentality and to realize that there is 99.9% yeah. more of your body uh-huh. that needs this nutrition than your taste buds, yeah. I think that um, once you once you shift your mentality in that respect, which is what I did now that I'm eating a little more healthier, yeah, um, it really it really changes your relationship with with food. And everybody's about the quick fix. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it tastes good now, even though I'm going to feel bad in right. an hour. <laughs> right. So it's still worth it. And then I'll go back that, for more. Yeah. In that two good. minute, yeah. two minute moment where you're eating it. Yeah. So. Now I, I still, I could, I, I could not go a day without reaching into the, opening the freezer door, <laughs> reaching in the five pound bag of chocolate chips, taking yeah. out a handful uh-huh. and putting them in my mouth. I do that every day. You do? Every day. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because? It's just that. It's just a habit. What I need. It's a habit. Yeah, it point. is. And it's chocolate chip. I mean, it's chocolate chips yeah. that are ideally made to go in chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. I don't even get to that point. Huh. I'm just like, every day I take some. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's like my balance <laughs> yeah. for eating the way I do every other part of the day. And then it's obviously typically at night. And I'll just reach in and grab it. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, 
This is, yep. Yep, this nice. <laughs> so do you, do yeah. you have any um, vices like that where, or like um, chocolate fixes or sweet fixes that you... Not every day, <laughs> like you. <laughs> you like once a month. I usually go one um, every week or every two weeks. You'll do I'll get have some, like what? I'll get some pizzas and oh, eat some okay. ice cream. Okay, kind of go all out. Yep, the but whole pizza and the whole thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I kind of just let it let it go. Usually every <laughs> like once a, once a week or once every two weeks. Okay. Kind of depends on how I've been training and like if I've been on point. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be shorter, but so it's usually. In that window of one to two weeks. Nice. So, how do you feel afterward? I feel usually I feel really good. Yeah. Like it's almost like a sense. It's like a refreshing, right? Feeling. But then that night, I don't. I don't ever feel bad, but I get really thirsty because of all the salt sure. and stuff. And right. But ice cream makes you very thirsty. I found. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just it kind of helps me hit the re like reset button and. Yeah, and it's like a payoff. Like you, I've yeah. worked so hard for so uh-huh. long, and now I'm gonna reward myself. Yeah. Totally. So. <laughs> so working hard for me is like four o'clock in the morning to about seven o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> and then seven oh one, I rework myself. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's good. So, Terry, what does the future hold for you? Oh, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> but I think um, as, as a whole, just continuing to do what I do and um, doing it with positivity and just trying to make connections with people that maybe I wouldn't before um, and just trying to do better in every single aspect that 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 entails whether it's you know an hourly mentality or whether it's eating better or whether it's you know doing better in school or whatever the case is just never being content with uh-huh with what's going on in this moment so it's good yeah it's a good mentality to have it keeps me going yeah it's it's, al- it's almost like that competitive um you know that competitive nature just shifted gears a little bit uh-huh. and understanding that i'm i could be better tomorrow than i am today and constantly trying to compete like that yeah. one up yourself yeah for yeah. sure and where can people find you? Are you on social media oh, anywhere? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so Facebook. <laughs> okay. And Instagram. Okay. And done. <laughs> What's your Instagram name? That is a fantastic question. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Can I look? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know what it is. It's probably... It's probably Terry, Terry Ron. Yeah. I mean, I went really... Maybe there's a dot. Uh, really a obscure. I went crazy obscure, and I went Terry... Ron, and totally it is all lowercase one just word. That. Terry Ron, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Like that you get like we're able to get just your name. There's the person out there, Ron a Terry. Huh. Same the spelled the same way. I'll have to find them. Yeah, <laughs> go follow them. <laughs> well, Terry, yeah, thanks a lot for coming hey, can out. Can I ask you one question? Yeah, sure. What about these podcasts makes you want to keep doing them? So I'm, I guess I've kind of learned I'm kind of similar to you. I like the interaction and yeah. I like learning about all these different people's stories because everyone's different. Yeah. And it just kind of keeps me going because it's all never the same. Yeah. No, I mean, people are similar, but no two people are exactly the same. Right. We and I just think journey. it's fun just to sit down and talk to people because people don't really do that right. as much anymore. Well, good on you. I'm glad that you've done this. So, this has yeah, been it's, really it's cool. It's fun. 
and it's cool. So appreciate. And it. I'll never run out of people. There's, There's always so people, people to talk in the to. World. There's so many people. <laughs> You've gotten some really, really good, uh, good yeah, people got, these last yeah, couple I've times. Yeah, gotten some interesting people. Yeah, I've gotten some. I mean, they're always interesting, but I guess yeah, you're kind of referring to like the bigger cross bigger name. name people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Come I on. honestly, I like doing those, but I like the more like everyday kind of CrossFit people the best. Yeah. I mean, sure. it's kind of more of more um, a, more of a realistic, yeah. You know, um, kind of more relative. Yeah, almost. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, people can relate to it a little yeah. more, and yeah. So, yeah. well, thanks a lot for coming out. Thanks, thanks a lot for doing it. this. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode ninety-five of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Have a great day.